What is new good work? Why do we have to talk about new work in the first place? When looking for initiatives that talk about the future of work, I stumbled upon Les Enfants Terribles, a school, an initiative and a community for new and mindful work. Curious about the topic and the project, I asked the founder of Les Enfants Terribles, Marion King, to join me in a podcast which will f- further explore this topic. So tune in this episode for insights and inspiration on how you can become an agent for change in your own circle, how being different is a unique quality in today's complex world. We talk about the importance of learning leadership, we talk about different attitudes and models for new ways of working, and we reflect on the balance between having patience and putting pressure in order for meaningful and impactful change to happen. Welcome, Marion, to the Changemakers podcast. Uh, it's a real pleasure to have you uh, in the series of interviews. Uh, and we usually we start these conversations by giving the stage to you so you can introduce yourself and what you're currently busy doing, and we'll take it from there. Okay. Uh, so first of all, thanks a lot for the invitation. It's a great honor and a great pleasure to be amongst all your change makers. It's really cool. Thanks a lot for that. And thanks for your project. Um, so my name is Marion King. I am the founder of Les Enfants Terribles. That's a school, a community and initiative for good new work. So what we do is on one side, we have the school where we have open uh, programs for people that would like to learn more about new work, the future of work, uh, digitization. And we also do a lot of consulting work for people that are in a transformational process with their team or their company. And we have this uh, hard project, the community initiative, uh, where we want to spread the word for good new work in the future. Sounds amazing. (laughs) Really interesting. Uh, And uh, just to kickstart this right away, uh, because we talk a lot about new work, Uh, what is actually new work and uh, yeah, what, what would be then old work versus new work? <laughs> oh yeah, that's a really good question because I think currently there are a lot of discussions about this new work uh, definition and is there one definition and is Fritjof Bergman who created this um, this term, he is the inventor of new work and how much do we or should we have to stick to his original idea and all that all the things that are gone going around at the moment. Um, so I would say there is no 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 real definition of new work. There is the original one from uh, Friedrich Bergman, but um, at the moment what we're talking about is the future of work. So how do we have to or should we create organizations, build organizations, processes, Uh, what competencies, skills do we do the employees need? What culture do we have to have? Um, maybe what workspaces do we have to have? What tools and methods we should use to work in an environment that is super complex, tech-oriented, um, has to deal with this digitalization um, topic. And that's new work for me. So we have to create an environment and forms of collaboration that Um, that can work in, 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 a, in a super complex VUCA world. That's really interesting that you mentioned the word collaboration. Um, could you elaborate maybe a little bit um, on what do you think is the role of collaboration in this whole 
a new work, future of work environment, because um, at least in the uh, in the business world, usually it's a lot about competition. It's a lot about kind of winning or being ahead. So, uh, and it's really interesting for me to hear more and more the world collaboration. And just from your experience, what do you think? Uh, how is it going to develop in the future? And do you think organizations are becoming more and more open actually to collaborate with each other? I hope so. I really hope so. I think this collaboration thing has two aspects. On the one hand is in with dealing with complexity. And if you look at it from a systemic perspective, you need more collaboration. You need a much higher density of, of contacts and people um, to work in this in this complex environment. And on the other hand, this collaboration is something... I think we all have this desire or longing to work much closer with people and to be part of a community or a team and be seen and respected. And uh, I think both parts now uh, do come together. So you have both uh, things. So it comes from two sides. From On the one side, it comes from the, from the systems perspective. And on the other hand, it comes from the people that want to ch- that they they feel that they want to change work i mean there's so many people at the moment that call us because they see that we uh stand for it and that we say yes let's change the world we're working in and people are so happy that we dare to speak it uh, speak it out do you say it like that yeah you speak it out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um um what are kind of the the problems or the challenges that um that the old work has so so what is not working anymore that we need to rethink mm. um if you look at the um at the organizational development um we all do work or most of us uh, we all work in in the in a system in systems that were created in the 1900th century uh, in an industry's time uh, with uh, with a perspective on machines and uh, now we are in the year 20, uh, 2019 and things have changed so much and we still are locked in this uh, pyramids and uh, we're still trying to solve the current problems we have and the challenges we have with systems that are so old, they are more than 100 years old um so it just this just can't work anymore it's this whole top down approach doesn't work anymore but i think the real problem is that we all grow up like that so it's all about competition it's uh there is a teacher that tells you what you have to do how you have to do it maybe your parents ha- tell you what you have to do and how you have to do it then uh, in most of the work environments, there's a boss that tells you what you have to do and how you have to do it. So the big challenge will be to get our mindset changed um, to work in a more collaborative work a way uh, in with much more transparency in more interdisciplinary teams and all that stuff. So the question is, how do we get out of this pyramid structure? <laughs> and uh, from your opinion, um, where does this change start? 
getting <laughs> out of this pyramid structure mentality. <laughs> I mean, what we see at the moment that there are two ways. I mean, uh, either it's really from the top management or the owner of a company. And I think that's really the easiest way because then you have somebody that is really convinced and really from his heart or her heart wants to change something. So, I mean, it's not easy, but it's easier than having a group of people in a company that would like to change something and um, they kind of start a grassroots initiative or they start working like that in their department or their team or their group uh, or part of the company. This also happens at the moment. And what we see is... Um, um, for example, when I look at our clients, it's sometimes only a department that, that uh, tells us uh, we are in a huge company, but we would like to start in a new workway. Um, and uh, they just start doing things in a different way. They share more information with other people. They invite other departments. They use other methods. And people around them, other departments, they really... Um, They are curious and they want to learn more. And so it's like um, a wave that starts going through the company. Mm -hmm. um, and, and do you think that this kind of new work and this wave of change uh, in, in that pyramid mentality structure, does it also go beyond an organization? So, for example, now there is a shift between this kind of top-down hierarchical structure to more open, collaborative environment. Um, do you see that happening also between organizations? So, uh, for example, could we see in the future of work, let's say, the same person working for several companies at the same time? Or is it still kind of in this, in the company uh, walls <laughs> that change is happening? Mm. No, I think it's uh, it's uh, it's all over. It's not in just one company. I think um, it's, it's a, a thing going on in society. And as people are looking for uh, different kind of jobs, more flexible jobs, maybe they want to have two or three jobs and be part of it freelance, I think this will just happen. And the companies will have to deal with that also from a legal perspective, contracts, um, I think that that will have to change and it definitely comes from the people that that don't want to be in one company anymore from nine to five for 50 years or 60 years or whatever. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, I would like to ask you a little bit more about Les Enfants Terribles. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, where did this start and what was kind of maybe the the opportunity that you saw that uh, you, the opportunity you saw to build this uh, community. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's really an interesting story because it's, ki it's kind of, it's a story behind this Les Enfants Terribles that is, I think most of the people working with me have somehow the same story. It's, it's, uh, and the same uh, um, life story Uh, it has to do with um, maybe in younger times not uh, feeling seen or feeling being different from other kids so and not fitting into a system and over the over time and over uh, long years of life and a lot of experience finding out that 
this being maybe different is not that bad. So what I find found out very late is that um, this being sometimes critical, seeing things in a different way, um, maybe having good antennas for different things and uh, having an own opinion is allowed and is okay. So um, the idea of Les Enfants Terribles is that we should all be more, and by the way, good Enfants Terribles, uh, that we should be all more Enfants Terribles to change the world. We only can change the world uh, when we address things, when we put them on the table, when we tell people people that there are elephants in the room and we dare to to speak up. And um, so that's part of this Les Enfants Terribles. And I started my business of organizational development 2005. And I did a lot of uh, change projects, uh, most of the time in the context of digitization and uh, technology stuff. And I was always looking for a different way of, of doing this change things. And then I really had, I think it was in 2013 or 14, an experience where somebody in a meeting said, you always uh, have to be the enfant terrible. And I was like, huh? <laughs> why do they say that? <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be that loud anymore. But on the other hand, I was really like, no, it's really a good quality and a good personal quality. And I, at that, at, uh, really at that day, I, I, um, I uh, drove back home and in the evening I wrote the uh, website, I uh, um, opened up the Enfant Terrible account and I had the name for my company. So the, the, the wow. story really has to do with my life. And as I said, most of the people around me, they have somehow the same story and they in they now know that they being an enfant terrible is really good quality that's amazing <laughs> what were some of your maybe surprising moments uh, of working with different people or organization in, in this kind of change towards new work surprising Um, I think surprising is um, that this new work has, maybe it's not really surprising, I think it's more logical that this new work idea has a lot to do uh, with the desires of people. So wherever we do a workshop or a lecture or a keynote, there are always people that uh, come to us afterwards and are like, oh, we are so happy that you're here and we're so happy that you tell us that there are other ways uh, of working and other possibilities and other methods and and there are different cultures of work and uh, now I have a name for it. So I think that's a surprising thing. And I think what's also still surprising me is that it's so clear for all the people and they so much like the idea, but it's sometimes really surprising how still they have to fight in their daily life and to to transform their organization, to bring in new ideas, to change work habits, to change culture. So this is this is really quite a lot of work. 
And they usually work with mainly uh, HR departments and people involved uh, in that, or is it more different kinds of departments? Yeah. Have you already noticed a pattern? Yeah, no HR. In most of the cases, okay. it's not HR. It's directly the departments, teams, people, mm -hmm. all the management. What we see is... Um, really critical with the role of HR. I mean, not all HR people, there are a lot of great HR people, but I'm not sure. Um, I think, um, I don't know if you call it the same in English, HR as a bypass, the same mm -hmm. word in mm -hmm. uh, in English. Um, I think so. <laughs> too, yeah, bypass. So the question is, is what is the role of HR uh, in the future? They somehow have difficulties to follow the way we are working and uh, to adapt to our thinking, they somehow feel that it's it goes in the right way. But I some I I sometimes think they are too far away from the daily business of their uh, in quotes clients and the people in the company. And it's much easier to work directly with teams. Mm -hmm. uh, that's interesting that you say that. That what is the role of HR department in the future mm -hmm. and following that thought hmm, I would like to ask you or like uh, ask your opinion actually uh, do you think we would actually we will have departments in the future or is it more people constantly changing their roles and moving organically within an organization mm -hmm. yeah I think we will work in much more flexible ways I mean if you look at sociocracy, holacracy, it's in circles and where you have a role and you can be one day or one hour you're in one hour you're in this circle and have this role and then the next day you're in this circle and have this role, I think this will be the future I think we still need somehow a kind of structure and uh, kind of boundaries uh, because this is a normal human thing and we are all so used to it. Maybe in two generations from here on, I don't know, or 10, 20, 30, 50 years, it will be way more flexible. But I think we are in a, in a how do you say, bridging time between old systems and new systems. And we are still in the middle of the beginning of everything so this is really a pioneer's time <laughs> interesting um what are the core values that um define this new work um i think uh one of the basic things is openness and transparency and trust because you have to share a lot and you have to exchange ideas and you have to collaborate in a different way. Um, I think that's, that's really the, the, the key to, to everything. That's the, that, that are the core, core values. And, um, and also the core values of, of self, self organization. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. Um, and talking about new work and future of work, uh, uh, what, in your opinion, uh, will be the role of a leader uh, in this new structures and uh, what actually makes a good leader in the 21st century? Mm. 
Um, I think the this I think leader is not a position anymore in the future. Will not be a position anymore in the, so one fixed position like I have now a team of twenty people and can park my business car in front of the office directly. Things like that. Um, I think um, everyone can be a leader and it will change from the roles you're in. So one day you're a leader and even if you're a junior, you will lead a team or a project or something because you are the expert or you're the one who is... um, is most capable to do it. So I think this lead, this thing leader will also uh, will also be a role in the future. So much more flexible, and not in this career hierarchical sense of of leadership. And I think the role of a leader will be more like enabling things, supporting people, being a coach. Um, but also in the in the sense that Lalu said it, uh, he said this holding holding the space. So what are the boundaries? Uh, helping to give direction, um, to reflect things, to learn and to grow and uh, to develop your potential. It would be kind of a support to the people. Maybe it's like a. Um, like a, a scrum uh, scrum master in a kind of role in the future. Hmm. Really interesting. And I really hope that, because um, I also think that actually many people have leadership skills, uh, but because they're in different, very specific roles, they are not really enabled or empowered to, to use that side so much. So uh, I'm really looking forward to see, to see that shift and see more and more people kind of, manifest their leadership skills yeah definitely Um, but i also think that we have to learn leadership and i think i mean most of the people i'm talking to they had maybe a two days leadership training and then they should lead a team of 20 or 30 people this is really crazy because leadership is a skill is a job is a competency and i think to really do it in a good way uh people will need a lot of training and um and they, we have to enable them to do a good job. And I, I think that was already, it's already now um, an important topic. But I think in the future and with this much more flexible roles, with much more complexity, with much more diversity in teams and um, and this, this flexible roles, I think this will be really, I think this learning leadership will be really important. For example, learning good communication or, giving good feedback or also entrepreneurial things, all these aspects. Uh, awesome. Um, in this, uh, among this community that you've built or that uh, you uh, attracted people to join this community of Enfant Terrible, what were kind of some interesting initiatives or maybe work models that you have come across oh so many we are almost 200 people now in the community and it's so diverse and there's so many different people from freelancers and hr people and leadership people and owners of companies so there are so many different um models and concepts and i think that's that's also part of this new work thing that as i said at the beginning there is no one definition 
uh, what I see is that um, people just try out a lot of a lot of stuff. They just try out a lot of concepts and methods and ways of working together. And they are trying to learn um, out of their experience with these new ways of working and then further develop all that. So I can't really, I think it's 200 different <laughs> solutions in there. <laughs> so many different aspects from self-organization, <laughs> real self-organization or holocratic uh, systems, um, people that are really from this agile background and uh, are like agile coaches that maybe use other methods and uh, people from with a mindfulness background that are really deep into topics of, of mindfulness and Buddhism. So it's, it's really a broad, uh, a broad range. Mm. Well, that's nice. And it's, it's quite a huge community already. And are, um, are these people mainly based in Germany, I guess? Uh, they are mainly based in German-speaking countries, also Switzerland and Austria, mm -hmm. but we also have people in London and, and Dutch people. Yeah, but most of them are based in the German-speaking area. Okay, awesome. <laughs> What were uh, kind of the main learnings or, yeah, or one main learning maybe uh, that you've um, yeah, discovered since you started Les Enfants Terribles? Oh, good question. Oh, there are so many. Uh, oh, there are so many learnings. Um, I think uh, one of the key learnings that it's really good to speak out what you think and what you feel and to really... Um, Yeah, fight for an idea. That's really good. And I think that we that, that we need a lot of people uh, to do so. I mean, look at Greta Thunberg. They all love her. And she is such a great example. And uh, I, I think my, great, my biggest learning is that I should have started that really earlier already. I mean, now it's too late to say that. <laughs> But... <laughs> But uh, I, I really could have, um, how do you say, dared to do so uh, earlier, definitely. Mm. Mm. What would you advise then younger people, let's say maybe students even, or a very young professional that are just at the beginning of their careers uh, with all these learnings that you accumulated <laughs> and all this... Uh, changes that you see in the way we work what what would you tell mm. younger people yeah don't get stuck stuck in this old systems and um, this old hierarchical ways of working and uh, try to find a good way to collaborate and uh, so take care of your career if you can still call it a career um, your work life in, in, a, in a good way so don't get lost in things like you have to, you must do this and that and old principles and old stories of maybe your parents or bosses or whatsoever so dare to be different, it's, hmm. it's okay we need all these different people and all this um, diversity mm. 
I really um, learned this, uh, for example, this systemic approach very late. And uh, I think it would have helped me to do things in a different way. Um, and I think it's really good to learn work, to learn how to work, to learn how to communicate in a good way and all that stuff. I already talked about self-reflection um, things like that. So I think it's, it's good to really learn about uh, things like that. That's very interesting that you say that. I mean, I totally agree that these are kind of the core skills that everyone should learn quite early in their development because they will help you later on to deal with the different changes and uh, also find out what you're actually good at and where your purpose mm. is in this whole new work uh, thing. Um, however, uh, also... Uh, experiencing uh, different education systems, uh, I think in very little exceptions, most of education systems still are very much focused on diplomas and grades and evaluations. And there's like this whole area of self-awareness and self-reflection and mindfulness is very underestimated and almost laughed upon. Mm. Um, so yeah how, how yeah what's your opinion on that why are schools and universities still not reacting to to what's happening in, in this whole new work movement i don't know i don't know it's really because they are so <laughs> how do you say that self-centered they are really busy with all their rules and laws and uh i don't know um but there are universities and there are schools that do uh, like nomads for example people that do things in a different way and um, and as I said I think it's really we are really at the beginning of this whole movement we are and I think people that um, that work with the idea of new work or, or in this in this concept um, they are sometimes a bit um, impatient because it's all so clear and it should change now, today, uh, yesterday. And But I think all these old <laughs> systems, they will need time. So I think what they can do at their university schools, they just can start like circles, communities of practice, groups, where they do things in a different way, do meetups at universities, not outside in, in Kreuzberg, but uh, do it at your university so that people can learn there and also professors and teachers can learn so invite them be um be open to them as well and uh and let them be part of of, of your ideas and thoughts and i think um it's about doing things um in your small um how do you say that Wirkreis, um Radius, uh, circle, yeah, of. circle mm -hmm. in your radius. Just do things there and and influence people. And um, so it's we talked about this wave. So just start start the wave. Sounds amazing. <laughs> I can totally. I, I mean, I totally agree with that. And I can also relate to to what you said before that many people are probably impatient because they see everything so clearly mm -hmm. and. I was thinking, because in my case, I also sometimes get really frustrated because, you know, everything seems clear and everything mm -hmm. seems, okay, now we just have to change this. And it seems simple, but it's much harder and it takes much more time and, yeah, to, to, to start this way. Yeah, and I think, have, I think you have to find the right balance 
between being impatient and putting pressure on things and being loud and being clear and on the same time going with the system and with the things that happen and uh, accept what happens and I think that's the big thing we all have to learn uh, as people that want to create um, no, that want to uh, change things I think that's that's the biggest um, uh, challenge we have. Mm-hmm. So it's also and it's also um, uh, about humbleness. I feel. I mean, there are old systems and they worked, and there are people super successful, and they all earn a lot of money, and uh, they have. Um, great companies so why should they change and i think we also it has also to do with respect uh, of what uh, has been achieved up to now i think if you respect that part i think it's maybe also easier than to change things um and um, yeah that's that's a really interesting thought that it's not about kind of saying that everything was bad and now we have to change it no. but it's more okay, what happened was good, uh, but it's not going to work anymore because this and this and this changes. That's really interesting. Yeah, there was always a good good reason for what they did or what they're still doing. And I think one of the good reasons is um, uh, the payment systems, for example, in in companies and the feedback system. And I think if we start changing the feedback system and how we do this whole target thing, uh, and also the payment. So, what is what are you paid for? And um, I think that will that would change a lot. I think that's a really interesting part. So, how do we reward things? So, what uh, I think that could be a real um, how do you say a, a lever, a gear, a lever mm-hmm. to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I mean, just changing incentives uh, could probably create a very big impact um yeah yeah uh where do you see les enfants terribles in the future let's say five years from now (laughs) oh yeah that's an interesting question because a lot of people ask me about our vision and the targets (laughs) and what i learned uh, over the years is that going what comes is really the best I think we have a vision and um, I think it's inherent in the, in the topic. Um, but to be honest, I, I hope it will be uh, much broader. I hope that there are more people uh, coming to our events and um, are part of our community. I hope that we will uh, support more initi- initi- other initiatives and um and that we, yeah, I think it's about uh, being more visible and having more people that that are following the idea. Mm-hmm. But I can't tell. You, I don't know if you would ask me for a number because mm-hmm. that's some. But people sometimes ask, well, how many people would there be <laughs> in the community? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I totally actually agree with you. I mean, uh, also talking about the whole new work. I guess one way to to change. The old structures would also be to shift a little bit from from the old mindset of setting up goals and setting up visions because in a way if everything is changing so fast you cannot really create a goal for the next five years right so I guess as you said if it's inherent like 
if what you do is inherent in yeah in your activity then you don't really need to create these targets but actually go with the flow and also be open and flexible enough to change uh, at some point yeah definitely yeah and go with all the developments that will i mean we don't know what what will be in five years um if there will be I don't know, tech developments that will change our working world from one minute to the other. I don't, I really don't know. We don't know what um, artificial intelligence will do, automation will do. Uh, We really don't know. So I think we will really have to go with it. And that's that's why I think it's super important to have this purpose and, um, and, and trust in your, in your purpose and, and, I mean, that's kind of a vision for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, final two questions. First, um, well, how do you define success for yourself? I mean, I find it very, for me, it's always an interesting question because looking at traditional ways of working and traditional ways of doing business, success is very much associated with a position in a company, kind of cl- climbing this ladder or, I don't know, making this ex-profit, stuff like that. Um, I personally have a different view on that, but I'm really curious to kind of pick your brain on what do you personally define as success and do you think Mm. we will have uh, more change in the future in in how we used to perceive it? Mm. So what's your definition of success? (laughs) Um, I guess it's... I, I don't really have one very clear definition uh, of success for me it's just um kind of learning every day something uh, and also be open to to get challenged uh, but i think really it's about um making small steps ahead um and just um uh, being kinder to people around like I, I really feel good and i feel successful when i, I made a little small impact on someone that I work with or my friends. So for me, it's, it comes in different shapes and sizes. It's different levels, I guess. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Because the, I think the, the part of, uh, seeing that people are happy around me, uh, when they work with me, I think that's definitely also part of my, uh, of my success, uh, um, definition. So when I have workshops and they really, and after a workshop or um, a program we did, people really change things at their workplace. That's really, wow, that's cool. Super, that's really super success. And, um, and to really uh, contribute to a bigger thing, to a changing world, to, to a good future of work. That's also uh, would also be a big success mm-hmm. or is a success um, a part of the success. And I think personally it's, um, I think with, with uh, Les Enfants Terribles, I somehow created my own, uh, how do you say that? My own world and how I want to live and how I want to work and what I want to do. And I have a lot of uh, possibilities to, to be creative, to create whatever I want to do. For example, we, one and a half years ago, we created this online magazine, Mittwochs Online. So because I just had the idea and I just can do it. So I really have the freedom to do what I want. 
and uh, can do it with uh, super great people around me, super nice and super professional people. So that's also part of the success to create your own team mm -hmm. and choose the people you want to work with. And it, but it has also to do with the uh, financial stability. Mm -hmm. So I've been that's also a part of the success. So it's mm -hmm. it's uh, it's seen and rewarded uh, on on different levels, and that's also a success. I feel yeah, and that I feel happy with the whole thing and mm -hmm. don't um, struggle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. So mm -hmm. there are like different elements coming together. Yeah. yeah, different as yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really complex. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, final question to kind of end on an inspirational note: um, What is the impact that you would like to create? What is the impact I'd like to create? Oh, that's super big. <laughs> uh, I think the impact would be to create company cultures and um, yeah. Maybe, yeah, as part of, of our society even, um, to create company cultures where people um, can uh, grow, where they can develop their potential, where they feel trust and can address tensions and problems and fears, where they can be part of uh, developing things And I'm not talking about only about talking this um, high-level leadership uh, things, but even in, in basic things you're doing, working as um, I don't know in a at a machine or whatsoever. I mean, even in this uh, surrounding, so that they there also is a change in 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 collaboration and the way we are working. Awesome. I think that. Sounds amazing. And I wish you all the best of luck in achieving that impact. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you so much for uh, yeah, being part of this series of interviews. It was a real pleasure. Thank you for inspiring questions. Thank you everyone for listening. This is the Changemaker podcast, a series of interviews with people driven to create a positive impact in their communities and the world. If you like this episode, make sure to reach out. Stay positive, follow your dream and make this world a better place. See you next week.